we've reached the end of our time of looking at prayer from the pulpit. And obviously, hopefully, what we hope has happened is that you've been encouraged in your prayer lives and that your prayer lives are even richer now than they were before we started. That was certainly uh, our prayer as we started the uh, series. And John and I spent some time praying together about it, that you would indeed uh, be enriched and blessed by what was brought as we pray over each subject that, uh, that is brought. And uh, I've been left to, to sum it up and to, to bring the last in the series, which is uh, entitled, It's Good to Pray with Others, which may seem an obvious statement. But uh, I've had a look at what the Bible has to say about praying together and with others and how that is good and what we're going to be lo- is what we're going to be looking at this morning. If it's not a subject you've studied at any great depth, uh, you may think there are perhaps half a dozen references um, within the Bible to praying together. I've just picked out three to talk about this morning. Uh, the first one is Matthew 18, verses 19 to 20, which says, Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them. By my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. That's Matthew 18. Then I'm going to have a look at James chapter 5 and verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And uh, to complete my personal top three, and I believe this one is very relevant in today's society, 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14. 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14. If my people, who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land if you haven't a chance to get those references down, uh, it is all on our podcast, uh, and uh, there's written notes there, there's also going to be the audio notes there, so uh, if you miss any of it, uh, please look on our webpage and you will find the information there. There are in fact over 100 verses in both the Old and New Testament that either directly or indirectly allude to us that is, God's people, praying together. Which perhaps says something about the importance that God gives to prayer, uh, corporate prayer in particular. Well, this morning, as I said, I want to have a look at those three scriptures in particular and see what they tell us about praying together. Matthew 18, 19 to 20 tells us some important things about praying together. Firstly, numbers don't matter to God. Numbers don't matter to God. 
Don't get me wrong. I would love to see our church full every Sunday. And so many people coming that we have to think about having two services or even looking to expand or move premises. It is certainly every minister I know's desire to see their congregation grow in number. And if that's part of God's plan, it will happen. For we're told, are we not, that God will build his church. If it happened tomorrow or next week, that would be fantastic. And I would be first in the queue to give thanks to God. But you may recall a few months ago now, a minister, a personal friend of David Rhodes, who had served faithfully in the same church for 20 plus years and the church congregation had stayed at roughly the same number doing great work in the community and growing spiritually and in their prayer life over the years much like NCF I sort of thought revival was always on their prayer list and revival has certainly always been on our prayer list especially when Teddy was around and he would pray for revival on a very regular basis. But suddenly, and David's friend told him that they had done nothing different, continuing to be faithful in prayer and praise and the reading of scripture, suddenly it was as if God said, I want to reward you for your faithfulness over the years. The congregation started to grow. Not with transfer growth from other churches, which quite often happens, but with new people coming in, wanting to hear and explore the word of God. Slowly at first, so that they weren't overwhelmed, but then more quickly, as they saw what was happening and were more prepared for it. After a few months, baptisms were happening on a regular basis, and discipleship classes were set up. The congregation doubled and doubled again, over five years and I haven't spoken to David recently about it but last time we spoke God was still blessing them and the only explanation David's minister friend could offer was that God decided the time was right for them to be blessed and to grow as a church so we need individually and as a church to keep praying that God will fill those empty seats that John reminded us about a few weeks ago that Alan has sat on one of them now so we're good we've got one of them filled but we need to keep praying for that believing that when the time is right and that's important when the time is right God through the Holy Spirit will touch people's lives and we will see the church begin to fill with new people it would be brilliant if that was with the new people who will be moving into and have already moved into the new housing estates that are being built around us. But our job is to pray believing prayers. They're not going to be very effective if we're not believing what we pray. And wait patiently, and that's not always easy, on God's perfect timing for when he wants to move and to start bringing people into our church. It also doesn't matter to God how many of us are praying together at any one time. The prayer will be just as effective. God is very practical and knows that it's not always possible to have large gatherings of his people for prayer. 
in Jesus' day and following there was a great deal of persecution of the Christian believers and it was not always possible for them to meet other than in twos or threes in secret places to pray and God knew this and promised to be there in the midst of them regardless of the number where two or three are gathered what we can easily forget today as we have freedom of worship in this country is that the majority of Christians around the world still face persecution and the fact that Jesus promises to be in the midst however small the number must bring great comfort to them as they huddle together in a small room with one eye on the door and one ear open for any disturbance to meet together to pray and to encourage each other in their twos and threes. God is not looking for our huge numbers. Rather, he is looking for our faith and sincere devotion as we pray, no matter how large or, our, or small our number is. But it would be great, wouldn't it, if those empty chairs were full. So let's keep praying for revival in this church and for God to fill those seats for us, believing that when he's ready and when the time is right, through his Holy Spirit, he'll start to bring people in. James 5.16 is a verse which encourages us to pray specifically for each other, for God to forgive our sins and to heal. Bold prayers, you might say, but they're not when we realize that we have no power of ourselves, but only the power of God to bring about, can bring about change. Our responsibility is to be faithful in prayer for one another and to seek for God's will to be done in each other's lives, whether that be the forgiveness of sins or healing. Yes, God does forgive sins. And yes, he does heal, often in miraculous ways. I can give personal testament to that in my own life. But we have no right to demand of God that he do either. And anyone who claims they can bring about healing is deceiving you, because only God heals. And he does it in his way and in his time. Sometimes healing is calling someone home to be with him in heaven, as has happened with Rob. Other times it is full restoration of health, <coughs> excuse me, or forgiveness of sins. You may recall the story of the man who was lowered through the roof into Jesus' presence, and the first thing Jesus did was to tell him his sins were forgiven which caused quite a bit of a stir. And then he went on to heal him. Other times it may be spiritual healing. God knows in every situation what is best. And our responsibility, as I said before, is to be faithful in praying and believing that he will act. 2 Chronicles 7.14 is one of those verses that we find several times in the Bible 
where God's people have rebelled and deserted him for the pleasures of the world and turned to worshipping other gods and idols. And once more God calls them back to worship him. But there are conditions to be met. May I suggest that as a world today we're in a similar position where the majority have turned their backs on God and are seeking the things of the world to bring them gratification and are looking to their own interests rather than loving their neighbours as themselves. Which is God's way of doing it, obviously. But in order to do that, they need to first of all love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind as Matthew 22, 37 tells us. In other words, to put God above all things. Here in 2 Chronicles 7.14, God is speaking not to the world at large, but to my people who are called by my name. Christians, you and me. Because if we don't do what he asks then what chance do the rest of the world have so the healing process starts with us God is basically saying I think now as then if you stop looking at your own interests and striving to be the one with all the answers humble yourselves before me and pray earnestly to me Turn away from the wicked ways you've got yourselves into. All actions we need to take. If God sees us doing that with sincerity of heart, then he will hear our prayers, forgive our sins and heal our land. Because that is what he promises in this verse. There is an implied thought here, I believe that healing the land will entail us as his people, not praying as a one-off, but continuing in prayer and action, reaching out to those around us who don't know God and bringing the message of the good news to them as we have opportunity. In other words, carrying out the great commission that Jesus gave to us to go out into all the world and make disciples. As a church... Are we ready to do that? Are we ready to reach out to the people on these new estates and bring the good news to them? Are we ready to listen for God's voice and leading for the way in which he wants us to do that? It will cost us time and effort. But isn't that what we're called to do? John and I John Stevenson and I have been praying into this for some time. And at the council meeting a couple of weeks ago, John outlined our thoughts on the way forward. But we don't want it to be just something that we direct. As a church, we all have a responsibility for reaching out to those around us. And at the February council meeting, as John told you, we would love to hear your thoughts on what you believe God would have us do and how we go about doing it. And if you have things that you want to share with us before then, either of us would be delighted 
to sit down and talk with you about them. As we conclude this time of looking at prayer, Keith Lee has spoken with me about the fact that as a church, we seem to have had an unusual number of members who have been or who are ill. And also close family members who have been ill. And he, and I agreed with him, thought it would be good if we spent a few minutes now, corporately, giving thanks for those who have been healed, for healing for those who are still poorly. For Satan's power to be bound in this church and for God to reign supreme in his mercy and to pour out his blessings upon us. The Korean church, as some of you know, have a slightly different way of corporate prayer. And uh, I've been privileged to be in a position where I've... uh, been in that position with them and it's quite emotional and quite stirring and quite powerful when they do it Uh, and they stand and they pray together either aloud or silently I think it would be good if we could do that now and if anyone has a specific prayer that they feel we should all share then if you come out to the front we will make space within that time to hear it and pray into it. As I said at the beginning, I hope and pray that this session and this season of looking at prayer has given you food for thought on your own prayer lives and that some of the things you've heard have helped you in this vital area of communication with God. The sermons, as I said before, are all available on our website and podcasts, should you wish to refer back to a particular one or to rehear it. Because I always find that when you listen to something a second time, you always find something that you didn't hear the first time, or something that perhaps God wants to talk to you about the second time that he didn't particularly want to the first time. And you always get something new and something different as you re-listen to it. And I know from speaking with some of you that you've already done that. But if you haven't, I'd encourage you to get onto our webpage and have a look at them. But for the next few minutes, I want us to get serious with God and raise our voices in prayer, Korean style. But as I say, if you want to uh, pray about something specifically, if you just come down to the front and we'll have a pause in that prayer time and we'll share that prayer and people that can then pray into that for you. Now, those of you who are Korean, I'm looking for you for a lead on this, because our English people will be very reserved and very quiet about it if you don't. And it is good to just release our voices into God's presence. So if you guys can lead the way by really going for it, at least if they're doing it quietly, they'll have something that crowns them out. So, But please, try and get rid of your English reserve. It is good to pray out in God's presence. But if you want to sit quietly and do it, that's fine as well. So if we could, those of you who can, if you'd like to stand, and we will go for it. <laughs> 